Greetings and salutations, our good people. Welcome to another episode of It's Relational. My name is Kimar. My name is Diani. And on today's episode, we are doing a podcast connect, podcast collaboration. Um, what's cool about this podcast collaboration is we're located here in New York, and our guest of the hour of the day is located in no none other than Lagos, Nigeria, right, Diani? Yes. How exciting. How exciting. So let's talk about our guest really quick because, you know, she's coming from her own podcast again. But let's talk about her guest. So Gladys is a host of the Sincere Me podcast, a podcast that discusses about relationships, love and family. And she's a student, a writer and also a content creator. Right, right, right. So, you know, she got big things going on. She's still got a lot of ground to cover and we're excited to cover some of the ground with her. Right. Yes, yes. So without any further ado, we're going to bring up Miss Gladys. Welcome, Gladys. Thank you. Driving on sunny days, we can skate. I got a place for you. This home that you put effort in, you told me it was made for two. The chances I would take for you to show you we're unbreakable. Every time we bonding. And when I'm in trouble, you get me out just like a bondsman. And kiss me in my sleep. When you feel them tears on my shoulder, you may weep. Even if it takes you weeks, I'll provide you what you need, for better or worse. At times we have broken up, but still made it work. For what it's worth, half of your burdens, I might hope you hold that. It's relational, so I know that the soul matters. All right. So, you know, Gladys, what we're going to, I know what we discussed offline, right, as our topic when we collab today was truly very simple, right? Is yeah. you believe a person's childhood affects their relationship with people. And that can be said on a platonic level. That can be said in a romantic level. We'll cover as much as possible. But, you know, that's what we're going to talk about. A person, do you believe a person's childhood affects their relationship with people? So I guess we'll start it off really quick and just say yes. Like yes. <laughs> wholeheartedly, <Yeah>. yes. <laughs> I think we're all agreeing here that um, mm-hmm. that that the, the statement is true. Yes. Yeah. So... With that being said, now, why do I feel like it's true? Okay. So, for instance, if you grew up in an environment where, let's say, your, your parents or, you know, your family, if you will, always told you not to be so trusting of people growing up, like, oh, you know, always watch your back around people. People are not your friends. You know, they may say they're for you. You know, you grow up with that mentality saying, oh, you know, I can't trust people. So you get into your adulthood never wanted to open up or trust people based upon that factor, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think um, that's very, um, that's very relative to us Nigerians um, because we are used to don't trust people, don't talk to strangers, um, be careful of everybody. And um, by the time we are growing up, everybody's just like that. Mm. Yeah. And um, like, that's just it. Like, there's no trust. Everybody's watchful and all those kind of things. I understand. I understand completely. Um, you know, where we're also coming from, so it's interesting. Um, so being Jamaican background, right, we were taught not necessarily don't talk to strangers per se. That's more of a thing that is taught like in America more yeah, so. Yeah, we weren't. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Because it's funny, um, um, growing up, like, we were never told to don't talk to strangers, you know, because funny enough, like when you need a direction, you end up asking a stranger. Elder, yeah. Or elder person in it. And in Jamaica, 
they actually are more forthcoming than it is in America to help 100%. you and guide you and like tell you like, hey, you go here, you go there, you make the left there, and if you pass a tree, you're gone too far. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Those kind of things. Um, but and also too, as a child, if you're not shown a lot of love, mm. you know, from your parents and from your family, you feel unloved. And when you grow up, yeah. you feel um a lot more gated a lot more you know into yourself you don't want to be expressive with anyone else because you you wasn't taught how to love right you know you never experienced it yourself so you don't know how to show it to other people you know and that can make you a very stiff person agree agree you know and that can make you feel lonely as well yeah and feel unhappy so it's it's unfortunate when kids go through that when they don't have that loving environment from their family and their parents you know some of them do turn out that they their partner teaches them how to love mm-hmm. or friends maybe. Yeah. So your friend can love you too in a platonic way. Right. Right? So yeah. those things happen. Agree. Agree. Yeah. Agree. Um, um I guess I... Go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, for the loved thing, um, I think over here, um, we are not so expressive about love. Okay. So it's um is I think it's um, this new generation now that is trying to, you know, broaden things off. For uh, most of our parents, we, we never even see them kiss or hug and everything so sacred. And, <laughs> you know, they're always protective. They don't want their children to see this. So when we're grown now and it's, it looks very odd, um, when you're walking down the street with the guy and you're probably holding his hands and um, everybody's looking at you and it's, where that <laughs> all the sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you so know that's what? a cultural thing in Nigeria, like to not uh, show love in public or not be. Um, yeah, yeah, it's um, stuff. It's well, getting better now, but before it used to be very worse. Um, oh. In universities now, it's um, getting better. People are able to express themselves, but in the normal streets, it's uh, it's everybody's. Right. No, you know what? I understand that completely. And I don't know how you, you overlook this because in, in Jamaican culture as well, it's not as the, the love is not as expressive. It's more shown through action, right? Because, you know, growing up, it, it's, it's not. It's true. You that's, don't that's, see people really holding hands. Yeah. So, but we it's walk just, next to each other. We don't be holding hands. But it's more expressive. So even as like parent and child, right? I'm sure the parent will tell the child, I love you here and there. But the way the, the parent really expresses that love for the child is kind of the things that they're doing for them. And, you know, of course, I, I don't think, you know, Nigeria is too far from this. The parents yeah. don't stray away from not saying it. I'm doing this for you because, you know, they don't say I love you, but I'm doing this for you to make you better. Right. So exactly. they're always kind of like dancing around saying directly, yeah. I love you. They don't say I love you directly. Yeah. They express it through action. Like, yes. you, see, you know. It may beat you one time too bad, but they say, you know, I'll give you a hug after. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll buy you some ice cream. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. But, so I don't know how you overlook that one. Yeah, but. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah, because my mom, um, she wasn't, she was more of like the the strict parent, you know, but I knew, I knew she loved me, you know, based on like, sometimes she would say it or she'll like, you know, be more softer in some aspect of, giving me hugs and kisses and all that and actually play with me when I was a child. So that was, that was a good, 
set up to uh, a mixture of the soft and hard um, when it comes to parenting. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So that's exactly right there. You know, you know, the childhood relationship. Right. Um, also, here's another key factor that, you know, I'm, I you, I don't think I hear as much before, but it used to be, you know, if a parent is disciplining a child, per se, they will always say, I'm doing this because I love you. Right. Yeah. And if that's and if, but the thing about it, that mentally, if you if you continue to say, hey, I'm doing this because I love you. Right. A child can grow up and think that abuse is happening because yeah. the person loves them. And it's like, that's not love when you get abused. OK. Right. Right. It's not love. Right. You know. Right. Um, um, I think I did not ever. Yeah. I'm doing this because I love you. They just discipline us. And then <laughs> after some times, <laughs> they'll just come and maybe tell you, come and take your food and you know that. <laughs> yeah. Back to normal. OK. So they just. And discipline is um, it's just normal here. Once somebody you don't know can, once the person is older than you can correct you and it's normal here. So um, we just see it as normal. And, um, so when, <laughs> when we Nigerians, when we watch um, foreign movies and we see how the children talk to their parents, we're always like, wow, that's, uh, <laughs> that's interesting because um, we can't do that over here because nobody disciplined that. Right. And, uh, but I think most Nigerians grew up to know that those disciplines are normal. They are part of our culture. It's not, they're not abusing us. Of course, there are people who abuse their children, but um, like we know when it is normal, when it is, we know that, okay, this is what is normal. And then when it gets to abuse, of course we know, but they're not really so anti-discipline like that. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, because parents can do that. They can, you know, take abuse as, oh, this is, I'm disciplining my child. And it's like, no, that's abuse. Mm-hmm. If the child has to go to the hospital because you broke a bone, that's Oof. abuse. You yeah, know, abuse, that's course. that's a bit too far. And parents need to understand, like, yes, you know, you beat your child. Some, some people beat their child, right? And others yeah. don't. There's different ways to discipline a child without beating the child. I know for us, I, I don't believe we plan to be the child. I don't think so. You know, I want to be um, that when I speak that the the ground shakes in a way. That's how I want to be with my child. Like my words are more have more power than having to beat my child. You know, because um, I want to have that level of respect in their eyes, and I will look forward to showing that. Right. Right. No. Yeah. I, I feel the same way. Um. Obviously, we we all can probably say we grew up on disciplining factors of a physical beating. Um, we could say, yeah, look at us, we're well off, we're better now. But you know, could we been well off without that same physical beating, right? Yeah, I don't think it was like a major change. You know what I mean? But what was the most important thing was feeling that okay, my my home is a safe environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. I like that's what I always um, feel that was present in my childhood, that it was a safe environment. Like I knew that if I did something wrong, I will get beaten. So I do my best not to be a bad child. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. 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 Um, here is even another point that we can touch, you know, when it comes to obviously childhood as well. Um, a single parent or, you know, a two parent household, 
you know, that would be a major distinguishing factor in terms of, you know, how you grow up and, and view relationships generally, right? Yeah. If you grew up with a, a single mother and in some cases a single father, you may not view relationships as, I don't want to say important, you may not view, you know, like um, a two-parent household or you, there's two ways I can go. You can envision it saying, I wish I grew up with a two-parent household and strive to make that change when you have your family. Or you can look at it and say, you know, I grew up with a single mother, even though she maybe struggled, she could do it on her own. So I could probably do it on my own too. Yeah. Um, so there's literally two streets that it can go down. But, you know, growing up in a, a two, a one, you know, parent household can also give you, you know, that, 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 that bad taste of relationships in your mouth because, oh, I've seen my mom, you know, go on dates left, right, up and center and, just still nothing. She's still stressed. She's still striving on her own. Right. You know what I mean? So, yeah. and then even with a two parent household, yes, it's in essence what everybody would want to see, but just because it's a two parent household doesn't mean it's a positive, happy, healthy um, household. Yeah, that's true. You know? Yeah. Have you seen so, examples like that, Gladys? Yeah. Yeah. I know people who are in a two parent household and <laughs> probably they even wish they were, they were Apparently single, they had single moms or stuff, especially when there's no love or um, if the father is abusing the mother and then all those oh, kinds sorry? of things. Yeah. yeah, so it can affect them and they will decide that, okay, I don't want to get married. I have friends who have told me, I don't want to get married. I just want the baby and I'm done. I don't want marriage and stuff. And I, I feel it's because of what they saw when they were, right. You know, when they were growing up and um, probably things that happened to actually to their mothers. Um, Africans, we are very um, particular about our mothers. We are like, um, there's this delicate nature that we feel about our mothers. So when someone, actually, when it comes from the father, when there's abuse on the mother from the father, there's this hatred that comes up and you hear them say, I don't get married. Um, I don't different sort of stuff. I've seen ladies who, who say, uh, I don't want, um, or who cannot even go into a relationship because they feel like everybody will treat them as their father, treated their mother and, and all those kind of things. Um, but I grew up in a two-parent household and um, it's fine, it's okay. And sometimes, I don't know, it's just there. Right, right. Well, I mean, you know, speaking from my experience, because I came from, I don't even like, I, I guess the new term is almost like blended family almost. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because I grew up with um, my mother and then, you know, shortly after I grew up with a, a stepfather um, and, you know, we was all in the household. And the greatest thing about having, you know, a stepfather was, again, that two parent household, but also um, just generally you feeling the love from from somebody, you know, if it may not be, you know, the mother, you know, you feel like from the step parent. Now I know there's a lot of step parent situations where they're not the greatest. They're not the best. They're terrible. Okay. Um, in my experience, mine was amazing. Um, wow. to the point where, um, I'm not in the situation, but if it worked out in that direction, because of how I was raised, I wouldn't mind being a step parent. Fortunately, that's not my situation. 
right yeah <laughs> that's yeah. not my situation <laughs> but because of how i grew up and how i saw it like it made me open to the idea like if i had to i will because of my upbringing just how much warmth my stepfather showed me to the point where when i go out on the street i don't even stay it's my stepfather i said that's my mom and pops you know what i mean just just the level of respect that i had to learn and understand growing up that you know this man has really been there for me he's He's not my biological father, but he's been there for me so much that well, how can I not just call him, you know, pops or, yo, this is my father out in the streets. How can I not do that? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It just goes to show that as adults, you know, how, however, um, Kamar's, you know, stepfather experience when he was a child and how he expressed that to Kamar as a child as well. It's, it's amazing, mm-hmm. you know, cause how, how you grow up really shows you how you treat other people. True. Right? And then yeah. what you see that your parents display in front of you as a child, that leads into how you view other people as well. Mm-hmm. Like if you were saying, Gladys, if you know the father is abusive in the relationship, or sometimes the mom can be abusive. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the yeah. mom can be an abusive one. And you're like, oh my gosh, like the the son is like, I don't want a woman to be beating me up like this. I don't want to be in a relationship. I'm going to be a bachelor for life. Or the, the daughter's like, you know what? I don't want to see, go through what my mom went through. I getting beat up and those kind of things or feeling, not even physical abuse, just that verbal abuse as well. You're like, I'm going to be to myself. I'm just going to be a, a certified single for the rest of my life and just go on dates and just be chill. And like what you said, I just want the baby. I don't want nothing else. So you may go to a sperm bank you know, have them to inseminate your egg like that. Or you may be with someone and say, listen, I just want you to get me pregnant and that's it. You know, so some women are like that. They're like, I want to raise a baby by myself. Just get me pregnant and that's it. Right. I don't know about the sperm bank so much. People go to the sperm bank still. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Listen, if you really don't want to be and you just want a baby, people go to the sperm bank. You know, that causes other issues when the kid wants to find their father you know whatever but that's separate but all in all like well let me let me touch back on like what you said coming from an abusive um household yeah um the even negative drawback with that too is a kid would see that growing up and think it's okay so that's what they reciprocate and that's what they turn around and do in their next relationship and when that other significant other is telling them like no that's wrong they're looking at it like how can you tell me that's wrong? This is what I've seen for 20 years of my life. How is it wrong? So yeah. it's crazy. It's crazy. I did not think about, you know, how much your childhood affects your relationships as an adult until really like going through this topic and like really analyzing this and saying, yeah, it's crazy. Like how much any, everything that happened in your childhood is a result of you. It shows the result of you today. Yeah, because you carry you carry those crazy. things with you like a big old backpack. Mm-hmm. You know, we all you know we all have baggage and those kind of things, and that's part of our baggage. Like what we experience as a child. Like you can make you may as your childhood can make you feel more expressive, love other people, or it can make you think like you know what, how I am is better than how you are. So I don't like you because of how you look. Right. Based on what I was taught as a child. Right. Right. But I know for me, um, because Jamaica is, the slogan for Jamaica is literally out of many one people. That's the motto, right? right? 
the motto, the movement, that's it. So for for Jamaicans, we love all people, right? Yeah. yeah. Because of just that's the slogan. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So we when I grew up, I when I met people from other races, other um, ethnicity, other, uh, other religions, other yeah, backgrounds, yeah. all walks of life. I was more welcoming to them because of just how I was taught. I was taught about religions, different religions in Jamaica, not just Christianity when I was in school, all types of religions. So when I met people in those kind of religions, I didn't judge them because of what I learned about said religion in school. Right. But schools here in America don't teach all types of religion. They don't teach religion at all in school here. It's so different, it's, it's different, different, setup. Yeah, different, different setup. setup. So a lot of times kids may think that, oh, my religion is better because of how I was taught and judge other people because of their religion as well. True, true. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to say another um, part of this for me is um, when I was young, I, I watched my mommy's paint um, like wisely. She always did calculations and she always write out everything. And um, she was so frugal in spending. And so now that I'm grown, um, sometimes even when I have the money, I just don't want to buy it because I, before I buy something, I think, I think, I think, I think again. And um, it affects me somehow because um, sometimes I'm supposed to get something and I then do buy it. And I say, okay, I'm supposed to get this. I had the money. But uh, at that point of buying it, I would just think of other things I would have used. I can use that money for. And um, I don't know if it relates to you. What do you mean, like uh, managing finances? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because my mom always told me, um, what you can't have, you must learn to do without. That's what <laughs> yeah. she told me as a child. So. And that was just her saying, yeah, I have other things to take care of. I can't buy this item for you because it's not in the budget. I can't buy it for you. So instead of saying, I can't buy it for you, she said, if you can't have it, you must learn to do it out. So I grew up with that too of like thinking, okay, I can't have this or that. So let me not buy it, right? Because it's not in the budget. That's false because as an and adult- then also, also as an adult, oh, okay. because of her seeing that. So it's two sides of it. There's certain things I don't buy because it's not in my budget as much as I want it. And there's certain things I do buy because now I can't afford it. So it's like, okay, if I want something, I'm going to buy it, right? But if it's too much out of my budget, I don't buy it. I say I got to do without it. Sure. Yes. Sure, sure, sure. I find a healthy balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Don't hate, come on. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yes, it's 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 good. So there are some positive and negatives when it comes to growing up, how your environment is set up, you know, because kids are such sponges, like they they take in everything. Yeah. They take in everything, yes. man. And it's like you gotta be so gentle with them. You know, you gotta be careful with things that you do as a parent so they don't pick that up, pick that up and just, you know, want to be because of what they've seen from you, they want to showcase that to someone else and it's in a negative way. You want to showcase things to them that they can bring for them more positive. Like, you know, I saw that my mom is a single mom and she's, you know, as an example, like she's a single mom and then she's working hard and she got her job and she take care of things. She has her own house, she has her own car. And 
yeah, I can be an independent woman too. I can be that for myself, right? And if you see your dad like that, you can say, oh, I can be that kind of man for someone else. I can be, you know, a leader in myself and I can be independent and have all these things set up for myself. I don't need to have someone to bring that for me. Right. Based on, like, say, if it's a single household. Right. Right? Yeah. So you can take those things that may look as a negative and look at it more positive based on what your parents may showcase to you. Like, yeah. 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 I don't... Right. I'm good. No, the way you see, you put it together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, okay, you... Yeah, she may not be rich and, you know, thing, or he may not be rich and like that, the parent, but at least they're providing a good thing for me. I didn't feel like we were poor. Mm. As much as we didn't have much, I didn't feel like we were poor. Right. And I, that's why I felt in my, um, growing up, I didn't feel like we were, like, less than anyone else. I still had enjoyment. We still got to go out and do things as a child. So I never felt like, okay... Man, we were just living in the dumps. <laughs> right, right. No, we felt good. Yeah. My childhood was, was has some very good aspects of it. Yeah, I support Siani. I think um the um best thing today is to try and convert those even some of a negative um experience during childhood is to convert those negative experience and try to make it positive and then do better. Now that you're an adult and probably get your own kids and try to make sure that your kids know experience those negative those negative stuff. And um, if it was positive for you, then you just try and make it better. And yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Right. And then too, it's like, okay, with growing up as a child, right? Those kind of things that you've seen, right? Some of them can be just super negative. So you like, okay, because of what I experienced there, let me not go forward and repeat that same experience as a child. Based on, the, like, say if you're living in an environment where the neighborhood is not the best, right? It's a hood. Violence is rampant. Okay, I would like to move out of that environment. Don't stay in it because you grew up in it. True. But then some people choose to stay in it. I don't understand that. Like you've been in the uh, hood your whole life and you want to stay in the hood? Why? Because it's easy? No. <laughs> I would think it's harder. <laughs> you're looking over your shoulder. You're trying to change it. Yeah. It's like some people choose not to change their environment. Mm-hmm. Right? Sometimes the parents don't choose to change the environment for their child. I know my mom did. Yeah. Yeah. She didn't want me to grow up in the hood. Um, you know, so I left a more, I'll say, hood area of Jamaica (laughs) Um, when I was five to a more, I'll say, mid-tier area. So it'd be a better environment for me growing up as a child. So when I play out in the front yard, you know, she's not worried about things happening to me, basically. Right. Yeah. 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 Absolutely true. I don't have anything more to add to that because it's it's all entirely true. Um, also, one big thing I've noticed, though, um, Gladys, I've noticed yeah. that, um, you know, Jamaican culture and Nigerian culture are very similar right? in nature. Yeah. Um, as you were mentioning, I was like, wow, yeah, that's similar or that's spot on. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. The only thing is the only thing different is, you know, living location wise, 
and maybe slightly like you know dialect right you know but it, it sounds very similar very similar um but yeah i just had to throw that in there real quick yeah okay, <laughs> that's so true <laughs> so is there anything that you took with you um um when you was growing up gladys like that you use right now like you're in adulthood uh yes um i think um um when i was i have just one sister and so um i bonded i had to bond with that and i didn't really go out that much when i was a child so now that i'm an adult i'm really like i really want to have that one close person um i have a lot of friends but there's just i just want the connection with just that one person that i can um, share everything with because I think I'm so used to the me and this one person um, discussing everything together and um, so when I go out and I see people that have um, you know talk say a secret to a lot of people feels odd and um, <laughs> I don't know it feels strange to me but I think having the one person I don't know if it's, if it's better um, I think um, it's better to keep a secret with one person than with a lot of people. And um, in discipline, I learned that to, I learned that from all parents were very strong in the discipline area. Um, what else? I think that's what I can remember for now. Okay. So you, so your sister is, is your best friend. Yes, yes, she's like, I'm used to having her around and just her. And so I don't tell people my secrets. When I have friends, I just tell them plain things. I'm just over. I'm really to be secretive because I don't know. So, you know, talk to very, a lot of people about things that are personal to me. Yeah, that is nice. Yeah. That is very nice. I was funny, like, I, I always wanted a sister, but obviously, couldn't happen being that I'm the last child of six. Yeah. <laughs> I have five brothers. So <laughs> yeah, but growing up, I I had a very like close relationship with my niece. And it's funny too, like my niece is actually older than me. Um, my niece is two years older than me. Yeah. Two years. I think it's two years. Wow. Is it two or three? It's your niece. Wait, if I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she's two years older than me, my niece. So we like we really um, bonded a lot growing up and all that. So she was more like a sister I wanted to have, but obviously I couldn't have because my mom was done having kids <laughs> after me. Yeah, so I think that's really beautiful that you have that relationship. So it's good too like, as a child to have um, those good bonds you can build either with your siblings or like a best friend. Or even you know, like a cousin. A cousin's or a cousin like a... too, yeah, that you can carry on with you in your adulthood. Like, I know if anything goes wrong, like, I know that this person has my back for life. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think this was, you know, quite phenomenal, right? Um, yeah. You know, thank you, uh, Gladys, for agreeing to do the collaboration. This was, uh, you know, we hit some really good points. Um yeah. Is there any final thoughts you want to add, Gladys, as we uh, wind up? Yeah, I just want to say that um, no matter what somebody has gone through, the best thing to do is just to 
and leave it behind and just look forward and try to make it better. Because I know some people, when they go through bad things, they um, dwell on it and it stop them from you know, getting better, from becoming a better person, from changing. So I just feel everybody has one bad, thoughtful experience they have gone through in life. So the best you can just do is just to leave it behind, work on it and just move forward. So that's it. Okay, yeah. perfect, perfect. Well said, yeah. Perfect, yeah. Definitely very, agree with that. Very good, very good. Yeah, so I would say this very same thing, you know, just move forward in your life, take the positive out of your childhood and keep bringing forth the positive into your adulthood. Leave the negative behind because it's not going to help you in your adulthood. It's going to hold you back. You know, if you yeah. keep stuck on the same thing, it's going to weigh you down. Uh, so definitely agree with Gladys in that aspect of just moving forward and just being a better adult than you were as a child. If you're a bad child, be a better adult. If you're a good child, be an amazing <laughs> adult. <laughs> right? So um, that's what I have to say with that. You have anything else to wrap up, Kamar? Um, no, just the, I think uh, the only thing as, as a lasting point is be the change you want to see. Uh, because, you know, with me and Deanna, an, an example, in our relationship, you know, we're not a, a blended family, not that anything is wrong with it, but we're not a blended family. But we also saw that what we, we wanted to be different in terms of one, getting married at 21. And then two, you know, obviously keeping some of the bad stuff that we learned or saw growing up and not implementing it now with our relationship. So, you know, be the change you want to see. If you don't like what you're seeing relationship wise, you never are locked into it. Um, you always can open up and make the change. So that was truly what I just have. And that's really it. Yes. Uh, so to everyone out there, have a great day, a great evening, a great night. And wherever you are in the world, Stay blessed. Yes, be well. Yeah, bye. Ooh, it's relational.